johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Me, Big Mike, will have a special guest at the 30-minute, 40-minute mark of the show. Our good friend Troy will join us uh, back from Summerlin in Las Vegas. We like to hear some of his exploits. Um, but uh, welcome back, Mike. Uh, we are in a baseball world. We'll get to baseball. We'll get to the NBA playoffs. Talk to me, brother. Well, uh, welcome to another to another great show that we have. We since we do this all year long. Hold on, I'm getting some feedback here. I know, me too. Okay, let me uh, um, text him. So we have now finally we have Lamar talk. This has been a very quiet couple weeks. Um, didn't exactly know where it was going to go, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we sign a injury-prone of late, but very talented. I don't think he's uh, actually um, at the end of the road. I think he's got a lot of gas in the tank. Odell Beckham was signed last week. They gave him a pretty hefty contract with a big signing bonus, but what they alluded was to not hurt the cap. So what that basically says is we're allowing you to have a $15 million contract with incentives, but most of it is going to be a bonus, which they could actually not, it's not going to hurt them if they want to come down and still sign Lamar. It only really hurts them because they could actually um, defer a lot of that signing bonus uh, over a few years. So, did we pay him top dollar for what he used to be? Yes. I mean, the guy's coming off a second ACL tear. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of concern that goes along with that. But when he did come back from the first one, he was a very good player on the Rams when they made it all the way to the championship and won when he got hurt in the Super Bowl. But what that really brought was a FaceTime, Instagram Live with Lamar the same night they're partying in a club in Miami. He's all happy. He's good to go. I just, the players know more than us. The players know more than the reporters. The players even know more than the front office. 
there's no way the guy is coming here if Lamar is not the starting quarterback. Not going to happen. Is he a prima donna that has a lot of baggage that goes along with that? I've never met, seen in my history of watching NFL football where a really good wide receiver is not a prima donna. They all have that tag that goes along with them. So it's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, that's what we've been lacking. I want Lamar to be, you know, I really didn't know. Previous to that, my. If you had to guess, and if I had to bet on it, I would think Lamar is definitely not going to play. Either he's going to hold out or request a trade, or we were going to get a quarterback in the draft, all the above. But from that particular signing, it's very clear that he is going to be the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens this year in hopes that they could start the offseason workouts together. I mean, there's a lot of positive now where it was very bleak for a couple of weeks. So it's, I'm, I'm happy to share those news. Um, as a huge Baltimore Ravens fan myself, I'm very excited about it. A lot of people are optimistic the guy's going to break up the locker room. Um, the guy is going to be a cancer. You know, everybody keeps saying that. Are you, are, are you watching, um, uh, what's the call it? What's the show on uh, Apple TV uh, with the soccer uh Ted Lasso? No, so I... Uh, the same. It's the same storyline. They got the one guy comes in, he breaks up the locker room. But we have... The, the thing is, in Baltimore, we have such a good foundation that we have so much leadership in terms of from the foundation of this franchise that it's going to... I've never seen anybody come into this franchise and, and take over like that. So, you know, I think it's going to work out. I'm optimistic, obviously. I'm, I'm a huge Odell fan. I think the guy is a phenomenal talent. I'm just hoping that because he took the year off and he rehabbed that ACL, I'm sorry, that Achilles, um, that he's going to come back and he's actually going to be 50, 60% of his old self. And that's way better than any other receiver we've ever had i mean we've in years past we've had 30 year old wide receivers that we signed uh we definitely struck gold with Derek mason we definitely struck gold with anquan bolden we definitely struck gold with steve smith so all three of those guys definitely played a huge pivotal role when they came here at the later stages of their career but we've also struck out as well with the german macklins of the world um, with the uh, Sammy Watkins, but you know, those are not near the caliber of what Odell is. Um, and listen, if it gets Lamar hyped and ready and again, healthy, listen, if those guys could stay healthy, Mark Andrews is going to be wide open all over the field because now you can't double cover Andrews and blanket him all day. I mean, again, Bateman, a lot of talent keeps getting hurt. If these guys could just figure out a way to stay healthy, Dobbins coming off the injury and finally had a, a good season once he came back. I mean, we're coming into the year with a brand new coordinator, um, a really a raw offense that nobody has seen um, in the NFL before. Uh, the guy was an offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks many, many years ago when they were pretty good. So, 
again, it's it's a lot of unknowns, but it, it's now exciting again to to believe that we have a top ten starting quarterback on our team again. So I'm excited. Obviously, it's in the midst of baseball. As, as excited as we are about baseball and soccer and golf and and watching the Masters and and all these things that are going on, usually you don't get a lot of hype with the NFL this time of the year. And um, for me as a Ravens fan or or the draft coming up at the end of the month, just in general, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited. Gotcha. Um, well, oh, give me one second. Keep our... So anyway, so what I was going to say is regarding the the – the football, I leave that up to you. I just, my brain, my son was very excited. I think um, Lamar posted a screenshot of him having a FaceTime conversation after he signed for the $18 million. So, obviously, that means something's going on. Um, you know, it, it it's fun to talk about, but you know me, man. I'm just hardcore in the moment of baseball. But a couple clients asked me about variance in baseball. I've been getting a lot of feedback off my YouTube channels. We are right now, let's talk about baseball and make a little transition. How many completed games do you think we've played so far? We're only uh, like a week and a half into baseball, Mike. I'd say 50. The total amount of completed games is 169. Oh, I thought you meant the games we released. I thought I didn't realize you were talking about the total games. Completed games in the season, 169. So for all the listeners not understanding variance, I've gone through pains. Actually, I don't want to say painstaking. I've gone through the educational process. I'm going to keep doing more of these on the YouTube channel to show you what would happen if you bet dogs versus what you would bet favorites and why basically it's statistically impossible to make money if you bet favorites unless you're like our good friend Troy who can spot play a game here or there? We'll 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 dive into that when we have him come on the show a little bit later. But right now, what you'll notice at the end of a baseball season, the variance is usually it's going to be about sixty percent of the favorites are going to win, forty percent of the dogs are going to win over the entire season, and that you're talking about a hundred and sixty-two game season. Right now. The variance is 65% to 37.9%, meaning 65, I'm sorry, 62% of the favorites have won. It's a 2% higher normal value than normal, but that's within the window of normal variance. So what happens is people still don't understand. They look at days where you get these favorite runs. This is why I've been preaching, Mike, for decades. You don't have to pay us. If you have enough money and a big enough bankroll and you just bet every dog every day, you'll make money. At 40%, you you will actually make money. But I think that the emotional emotional connection to short-term variance is that, like I was telling our good friend Cal in Kansas City, a lot of people don't really understand variance. Guys like Dave Miller could lose for eight months, could lose for a year. That's within the normal envelope of variance, break even for a year. Most gamblers don't get it. 
So what would you say to the people that are listening that work with you one-on-one that don't really understand? Like last week, I put out I had 27 plays. I was 13 and 14, dead even. Didn't win, didn't lose, no juice. Not even like we say in football when even is actually losing because you're losing the VIG. Dead even. And then this week we're down four units. Big deal. So what would you say to somebody who doesn't really understand that concept of variance? Well, it's it's funny. I had a um I had a client that reached out to me and he said, um I'll just give the breakdown so like the listeners could could hear it. And this is the this is the type of conversations that I have with a lot of people that are not fully committed to long term trading. He, we push dead even, which, you know, the transparency that we provide to clients is, I believe, is by far, uh, you know, heads and shoulders above anybody else that I've ever seen that are, are in this industry, where we're posting the actual screenshots of my actual account, where with a losing record, we pushed completely because we're not playing favorites. And it was only dogs, literally to the dollar. You could not lost a single penny unless obviously you have a, you know, five cents off here, five cents off there, but literally like has to be very, very close to completely break even. So I had a client call me. He's betting a hundred a unit. Um, and he lost $1,500 last week, 15 net games. I said, it's impossible. There's no, it's possible. So, you know, then we do a deep dive. And, and you know, I'm trying to surgically understand how this client could make that much of a mistake when everybody else is basically right around that number of even off a couple cents. And he said, well, you know, a long time ago, somebody told me if it's plus 150 or more, you don't take it. So what do you mean? So when we post a 220 dog, you don't know. Nope, I don't anything over 150. He just decided. He made a statement that I won't play because I was told something. It's like, you know, and, and I don't get mad. I, I, I'm more disappointed that that client has to make that much, take that much of a financial hit for him to truly get it when I, I try to explain it to the best of my ability before they even make a wager with us when we're given the consulting advice. And it just took me back to, Sports. That's the best analogy I could say. I said, look, when you, when you have a golf swing and you have a bad swing, doesn't mean you keep replicating it. You know, you're, you're not, you're going to keep making those mistakes over and over just because somebody mentioned it or you had a thought that has nothing to do with our independent trading model. You have to play every game. You can't just not play games because teams like Oakland just keep losing at the end of the year where you're going to see follow Oakland. At the end of the year, I guarantee you they will probably be in the positive because they're going to win 40, 50, no, there's 60 no probably. games. No, there's no probably. No, they're going to be in the positive. There's no probably. They're going to be in the profit. So, so Every it's game like, in the bottom yes. of the division is going to be profitable. Colorado, Washington, We're, St. Louis, Oakland, Boston, and Detroit will all be moneymakers. Yes. And people just can't stand following a traditional 
AI model that we developed specifically for this. We don't expect every game to win. I went into it and I tell people, this thing is going to be 50% at the end of the year. And 50% is going to generate a lot of revenue. And their brains can't understand why they're playing games when everybody from a non-pro standpoint that's a recreational better will look at the games that we give out and go, there's absolutely, this team cannot win. Kershaw's pitching. This was Sunday night. No way. He's pitching, he's hot, and they lose. Right? So it's like, in baseball, it's not like NFL football where a crazy underdog a lot of times is going to probably lose outright. Not saying cover, just outright. Well, in baseball, it happens quite frequently. That's why you see these mega teams. Like, again, you, you can mark my words. Tampa Bay is 11-0. I guarantee you a lot of the Sharps are going to fade Tampa Bay until they lose. Every single game, auto bet, like Dave would say. It's just a standard auto bet. Just like in the years past, he would chase certain teams. And at times, the client goes, I can't believe he's chasing this individual team. When I talk to Dave, Dave would say, it doesn't matter. Because the variance, who cares if it's this particular team, this particular season. If I do this method, season after season, year after year, I'm always positive. And when you could take off that obsession of every game having to win, but you're just looking at it from a financial standpoint of monthly returns, which is still a very small sample size, but at least a 30-day return, that's the only thing that matters. And unfortunately, we have the, the tough job to be able to explain this to clients where they actually have to overcome this insanity that they live in, which is we need, I can't believe you're playing Oakland. I can't, we don't care. We're not following the games. We don't watch the games. I mean, I could go do a breakdown. You know, these games go to extra innings, but we're on the, we're on the wrong side in extra innings. I'd rather be on the wrong side of extra innings plus 220 than go to extra innings minus 220. And a guy starting on second base, anything could happen in extra innings. I'd rather consistently be on the dog in extra innings than a favorite every single time. Whatever the outcome is, it is. But at the end of the day, if I'm in extra innings and I'm plus 230, great. I would hate to be in extra innings and be in minus 230. So that, that's really where we're, we're, I think, struggling to a sense where I hate seeing that client lose 1,500 last week. It, it upsets me. I don't enjoy hearing that. You know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a tough lesson. I don't want anybody to have a financial lesson. I want somebody to call me and say, I don't understand. Explain to me why you're playing these teams and why the model is indicating this. Then you don't have to make that well, huge well, financial so, mistake. So our good friend Dave in Tampa called me yesterday, and he said, why aren't you playing Boston? And I said, it didn't fit the system. It's not you didn't. I, yes, will you? Am I tempted to start fading Tampa every single day now for the next 11 games? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much can guarantee that if you just made a commitment to bet against Tampa for the next 11 games, whatever their current winning streak is, if you just faded that streak for that amount of games, 
you're going to actually make money in the next set of the next 11 games. And if it's 12, if they win tonight and then they're 12 and 0, then it's the same thing tomorrow. Um, so the, 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 the issue is, um, not understanding that even a month doesn't really matter. And even a year doesn't matter. What really matters is what percentage of your bankroll you're risking. I had a client yesterday, you know, I had a very small bankroll. He played $200 on each individual game. And then he told me what his bankroll is. And, and you know, I'm on YouTube preaching 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. You're betting $100 a game. You should have $10,000 bankroll. This way, this way, there's no, there's nobody stressing each individual selection, each individual day, the variance of the games. It doesn't matter because again, I'm looking here and the most profitable, uh, team is, is, is Arizona. And they're only one game over 500. And, and when you look at the amount of profitable teams right now, Early into the season, there aren't many. Now, Minnesota's up a hundred dollars. Great, they're seven and four. As I said, this Tampa Bay is a joke. You're up five hundred dollars if you bet to win. If you bet risking a hundred dollars on every Tampa Bay game, which means you've risked about three thousand dollars to win five hundred. And the second they lose a couple games, you give all that money back. So it's just unquantifiable that the teams in the top of the division are the teams that you want to fade. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Texas, Milwaukee, Atlanta, San Diego. Now, the other difference is the, the separation of what gets somebody in the top of the inning, in the division, excuse me. So you see San Diego and Arizona are tied. They're both seven and five, and this is why I did a YouTube video, win-loss um, uh, records don't mean much. Um, looking at the win-loss record is um, an utter complete waste of time, unless you were talking about an even money spread. So you look at San Diego, you say top of the NL West. Well, two games over 500 is big deal. Seven and five, Arizona seven and five. But when you look at a team like Arizona and you look at a team like San Diego, why is San Diego minus $135 for the season and Arizona's plus 500? Because Arizona's five and one is a dog. And I'm sorry, Arizona's only been a favorite one time. And this goes back to as of today, doing this radio show, you guys can always write down and look. On April 12th, which teams have not been an underdog this season? Which teams have not been a favorite this season? That will give you an automatic tell of who's profitable and who's not. Oakland has never been a favorite this season. Kansas City has never been a favorite this season. Washington Nationals have never been a favorite this season. They're your moneymakers. What about the teams that have never been underdogs this season? The Dodgers have never been an underdog this season. Losers. In terms of profit to your bankroll. And when you look and you look and you try to find teams it's, that have not been fit, uh, underdogs this season, you have two teams. 
Tampa Bay, and the Dodgers. So think about that, Mike. You have one team that's 11-0, and and you have one team that's 6-6. and Neither one have never been an underdog. But the team that's 6-6 six and six obviously is hemorrhaging money because you can't make money unless you're 80% on the favorite side. Now, I will say this. I don't go to a lot of games. I took my son to the game on Sunday, Easter Sunday. It is a tale of two takes. For anyone that's handicapping, and I repeat this every week, uh, uh, anyone that's handicapping and is betting on their own, you literally have to look at the first five innings and um, that's what you got to do. You there, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. I think we're getting a little bit of uh, feedback you, here from the station. So more importantly, when we get into the summer months, the key to this whole business is longevity. We don't want people with expectations that are unrealistic. I mean, when you're getting into the role of just doing this as a business, like in about two weeks, maybe a little longer, I'm going to be launching my overs model. I've been running this model for a decade. I've been literally running this model for a decade. Do you think somebody that's been doing this for this long is not going to be successful at every year churning out 80 to 100 units on average? I mean, I've been doing this and I know what to for. I know what is to now pre-program into the model and I need data. And I've tried it in years past. I was foolish and I started it too early and there was not enough pitching data because with this model, obviously data matters because I need to know which pitchers are struggling. They have enough of a sample size that I could actually use them in the model. Um, I don't use relievers. We haven't really got to that part in the season where you're going to start seeing those non-starting rotational guys that are basically spot playing but two innings and they go right to the relievers. I need to know that if a pitcher is going to be in, that he's going to have a good five, six innings in him. Obviously, if he gets shelled early, then it's a good thing because everything I do is based on overs. But right now, you know, with with what the season has started and the pitch clock, I've seen a trend to the over side. Obviously, the odds makers always do corrections fairly quickly. So I'm not really too worried about that. I've just been paper trading. It's been pretty profitable, but I'm just doing it blind with pitchers with no data from this year. Pitchers on new teams, pitchers coming off injury. Um, there's just a lot of variance that I don't like throwing it out there in terms of an actual model quite yet. But come May, as I do every year, I release it. Um, again, it's, it's all automated, even though I pre-program certain things, and there's a couple of variables that I have to use every single day to update it. But among that, it's, it just churns, and it's, it's a very profitable way to, to go into the summer where you're not focused on NFL Sundays. You're not focused on March Madness, where if you miss a game at noon, you're, you're upset because it's on TV and everybody's watching it. You didn't get a bet in. I think baseball has the, 
the longest shelf life for success because it's the least watched sport out of the the major sports. So it's, you know, again, I'm very excited. Most people would come on and, and, and from previous guests, they're more of the gambling mentality. Um, we're, we're completely the opposite. Our initial focus is get people on the right track where they're looking at it long-term. Let me uh, see if our good friend Troy is on the phone. Uh, there, buddy. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing well, Troy. How are you doing, buddy? Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. You doing good? Everything all right up there? Everything is good. I'm actually uh, here with my uncle right now in Arizona. So we're just uh, hunkering down watching, watching gun smoke. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I was talking was, to your uncle. Say hi. Say hi to uncle. Hi to uncle Dick for me. We were talking. Mike, uncle Dick's played at the Masters. Been to the Masters. Big time golfer. He said he's not getting you any tickets though. Oh come on. Yeah, it's a limited a limited group. You know what I mean. Why can't I be part of the limited group? You are you you were out at the uh, you were you were out at the uh, summit. There's only uh, you guys were the only friends of mine that have ever ever been out there. Well, you know, next time, you know, step your game up a little bit. Tell Uncle to hook us up with some Masters tickets. You know, just tell him to be it's a, it's a good deed. I will. It, I'll keep it in the family. So let me ask you, Troy, you know, you're a professional a gambler. You have your own algorithm. You're very secretive. They even get you on this radio shows like Pulling Teeth. Um, you know I'm a dog side better for my entire life when it comes to baseball. I know that you haven't really started doing baseball yet. You haven't. I've seen your software. Um, obviously, it's not available to the general public. Um, and you, you're, you're predominantly a favored better. And so, like, have I brought you over from the to the dark side at all? Yeah, that's, in twenty years you know, of, of banging you, banging you in the head. I was on the show, and the thing is, is we're great at one thing, and and I can't even say it's me. It's it's the algorithm, and it it dials in strategically on, you know, the majority of our wagers are primarily favorites. And, uh, you know, I know how effective and successful you are, Eric, and and David Miller uh, on being able to pick out those underdogs. It's just for two decades, we've been uh, grinding out, like Mike said earlier in the show, a 25% positive ROI. And on a, year, though. on a year, though, not a season, on, on a year, favorite. on a year. So I love you, Eric, and I'll buy a King Crab Leg dinners all day long, but I just but, but, haven't but here, gotten to that point yet. Uh, but it is, like you guys said, it is a incredible, a really effective way to be an investor in sports wagering, to to pick out those underdogs because for every game that I got to win, um, you know, I have one bad loss or a couple bad losses 
Um, it, it takes me a little bit more to make up. You guys are just always going in the plus. So not yet. I'm working on it. So the question, can you hear me? Yes. So the question I have for you is you have had clients when you, when I say clients, I don't mean in the definition of the way I have clients, you know, friends, family that all started out very positive. They understood uh, your, your, your long-term profitability, but even some of those guys, well, I, I would say in the 20 years I've known you, a lot of those guys, they bail out. They can't handle that. They say in the beginning, they're good with it. 25% ROA at the end of the year. We're not talking about a season is 2% a month. So you're knocking about, you know, you're making about 2% a month on your money. And we, you and I can agree that in the stock market world, that's great. In the degenerate, in the degenerate gambling world of making quick money, that's obviously not appetizing as we discussed. So, but you also can agree that it takes a very unique type of client or person to be okay with making 2% grinding a month. Yeah, no, I think we mentioned this last time I was on, on the show with you guys. And Eric, you and I, uh, had dinner with him and we're kind of still on speaking terms, but to Mike's point earlier, gamblers do not have patience. In investors do, uh, because they look at the long-term aspects of, uh, their money, whether it's a dollar or $20 million, they realize they don't know or really, for that matter, care, uh, when they make their 25% positive ROI. But the gambler will tell you last night, uh, hypothetically, the LA Dodgers should have won the game and they lost $10,000. And it was because Joe Schmo got up to the plate, struck out, bases loaded, and I lost 10 grand. But the investor will look at it as, like Mike said, well, just give me another 11 months and you're going to see what your $10 million has turned into. So I've lost a few friends and I have lost clients because of their um, unwillingness to realize that this is an investment model just as much as them investing in to Procter & Gamble uh, with money that is equally uh, to be divided, right? It's real money. They put up money for Procter & Gamble stock. They're putting up the same amount of money uh, for our business. So it's it's been difficult. I've lost some friends over it. And you would equate that to unrealistic expectations of the get-rich-quick fantasy of taking a little money and turning it into a lot. Absolutely. And, and FanDuel and DraftKings have exploited these people, you know, in the sense it's, it's a great platform. I'm not going to knock them, but they've, you know, with the fantasy stuff, they really have turned a lot of normal people, normal thinking people into, uh, you know, this is kind of a slang uh, word I th- I th- in our I business. Think you meant, I think you meant real. I think you meant parlay stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, 
they're they're having these people believe that they can turn a hundred dollars into five thousand. And you got a lot of really normal thinking people believing that and they're getting demolished. But to your point, demolished. every week I mean they're getting absolutely they're and they're reloading their accounts and they're reloading their accounts and um you know, you guys really do a great job every show that you guys have by trying to explain and educate the gambling world that this is a real business. This isn't. Here, I'll give you an like example. Let me, let, me, let me give you an example, Troy. And this is, you know, everybody knows I love the financial markets. I love the stock market. I am not a licensed financial trader. Um you know what I mean? But what I would say to you is this. Most people don't realize the S&P 500 has been flat and in a range for 21 months. So this means if you invested in an in a index fund 21 months ago, you're basically even. That's like betting every day for 21 months. And breaking even. And for yeah. some reason, the guy in the stock market is completely okay with that. 21 months, breaking even, doesn't complain, doesn't call his advisor, doesn't pull his money out. He's just dollar cost averaging. He's doing the long game. And then if I have a three-week period where I break even, people are like, what's going on? What's going on? So it's just funny to make the, the 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 comparison from the financial markets to the sports markets, as I was explaining to my good friend Cal in Kansas City. A lot of these guys, even Dave, you know, they'll they'll break even and basically make no money for six months, eight months, ten months, fifteen months. People don't realize that these successful guys are not successful every and this is the thing i got an email yesterday and i'm not in the schadenfreude business i'm not in the make money by talking about the negative aspects of the handicapping or sports information business but it was amusing uh, there is somebody i do know in las vegas i get his emails every day i'm not going to shame him on the air because i actually like him personally but you know he sends out an email yesterday we killed it we crushed it and then he's listing we won this game minus 180. We won this game minus 200. We won this game minus 200. And I'm thinking to myself, great. Anybody can give the guy all the favors and say we killed it. What I would say about your system is that it's so selective that I think it's not only the fact that you're shooting to make 2% a month across all sports. It's that you're not playing every day. And these guys yeah. want action every day. Even if you could win with playing less, they want action every day. So like in football, I'd rather talk about your football betting. I mean, you average one NFL game a week. 16 games a year. I've told you several times that's unsellable to the average person. And I think you finally come around and you can agree. Right. I mean, you did not really understand that in the beginning of our relationship, that these guys, if you had one game and even if you were 16-0, and they would bet 20 other games and they would lose. 
Might have uh, lost Troy there. Uh, maybe we lost him. Go ahead. I'm go ahead. No Mike. big deal. But, but yeah, I mean that's all of it is very educational. Um, this this is why the show is. Um, we constantly provide feedback, win or lose. I mean, yesterday I could sit here and and, and whine and cry how three plus two hundred plus dogs lost by a run or extra innings or a double play or you know guys left on base i i don't worry about any of that it it all averages out um when you're not laying these crazy prices on favorites it's very easy to be in the plus every single week do we expect that we're going to have these monster weeks where we're winning 80% of the games no but there's going to be times when constantly these dogs cover and you're getting so much positive EV out of it that it's going to pay dividends. And between this, between the overs, between international soccer, if you're basically diversified on all levels with our portfolio trading, you're going to be very successful at it. And, you know, I just hope more people understand what variance really means versus I had a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. I have a bad day when I don't have a good workout. doesn't mean I cry about it. You know, it's like at some point you have to treat this like a business. And I know we say this and it's, uh, by the, by the way, Troy's back. You there, Troy? I am. I'm sorry about that guys. Yeah. It's that lovely San, uh, Arizona weather. So I was just going to ask you, not to interrupt Mike, you know, uh, you realize now you can't sell a product where you only have one game a week because they're going to bet 20 games on their own, right? You realize that. No, no. You, you, over the 20 years that you and I have been friends, we've had a lot of dinners. You were at my house when it was being built, and uh, it's true in this business. It, it, these, these individuals really love the action. They say that. And to this day, I am really crazily, uh, out of my mind when I think about people that say, I really love the action. I really love that. And then I reply, do you really love losing? I mean, does that make you feel good when you rest your head on your pillow at night? You really love taking your $100,000 and saying you love the action and you love losing? And it's insane. It really is madness for me to hear people say. Well, you know what I will say? What I'll say to you is being rich, being wealthy, running a successful company, it really does not correlate to how the mind works when it comes to this process because you've had me on the phone with guys that own, I'm not going to name the company's names, but very successful people that own huge mega companies that act like an 18-year-old when it comes to gambling. So, like, in your mind, you would think this guy's making hundreds of millions of dollars at a successful corporate CEO of this Fortune 500 company, he understands logic. He understands math. He understands emotion is a weakness. 
And then immediately when he gets involved with anything I do or you do, he's completely the 18-year-old kid jumping up and down, yelling at the top of his lungs, rah, 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 rah. Isn't it amazing, though, from a psychological it, point of view? It, it, it really is. And, you know, uh, for years and years uh, before uh, I had gotten married and after that, I never told my father-in-law what I did because, you know, he was in banking and in finance, and I would have thought the guy would have been like, ah, you know, don't marry this guy. He's a shyster. You know, he's betting what? He's in sports gambling now? That guy's on FanDuel every single day. And, well, he's he's been a client of ours for a long time, but the point is he never looked at gambling, sports wagering as a business. Never, not in a million years. And um, it's like the marijuana business. Who would have ever thought there would be shops throughout the United States where you can walk in and buy marijuana? Never. Right. And, and here's one analogy that I gave you guys last, last week to kind of back up Mike and his what he just said about variance. You know, there's two words in my business that I live by. It's variance and outliers. But the math will always prevail, right? But the, you know, the example that I gave you guys last time I was on the show that I would tell anyone, whether it's new clients or people that call in, if you think you're going to go to New York City on a Monday mid-afternoon, you know, mid-afternoon, and go through 10 stoplights and hit every light, and it's going to be green, you might as well pack it in because it's never going to happen. So, and it's the same theory when it comes to the stock market. You're not always going to make money on either your trades or your, your stocks. It's going to be a duration of time where you profit. So I want to ask you about variance, since my good friend Dave from Tampa Bay is listening, and I know you still run the models. What do you look at when you see a team like Tampa Bay and they've won 11 in a row? I call that just – I don't even call it an outlier. I just call it beginner's luck. Like, I don't – like, big deal. They won 11 in a row. I, I mean, I just – what do you call that? Do you call that math or do you call that variance? Or do you call that outlier? When you look at these I, I crazy would, streaks would, that are I only would, capable in baseball, I would call that in our in our in what I do a variance. But what you said earlier in the show, that will not continue. Right, I can't tell you when it's going to stop, but it's not. They're not going to go another. Well, level. here's here's what I'm noticing. They were three hundred and two hundred dollar favorites, like the first eight games. Now they're yeah. laying thirty cents. So what the line makers do is they know it's going to stop, and they're not letting you get paid on the dog side. Mm-hmm. They keep bringing the number down. Yeah, it's they're not going to. Is there a wager out there that they're going to win another eleven games? Because I'd like to go against that. <laughs> that would be great. Let me ask, you, let me ask you, you something. You did. Let me ask you, you had Atlanta plus five last night. They won outright. You gave me privately. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, 
Yeah. I, I sent, I want to ask you since we got about eight minutes left and we might as well have you for fun on the show. What do you think about the NBA finals right now? I'm looking at the numbers I sent over to Mike. Uh, Milwaukee is the favorite to win it all. Boston, yep. second choice. Suns, third choice. And you're in Phoenix. Warriors, uh, fourth choice. Now, my question is in terms of big dogs barking, is there anything that your math model does with futures? And is there any game you would put a lottery team, you put a lottery ticket on? Clippers are five plus 5,000. Cleveland's plus 5,000. Um, I guess, Mike, you can add, yeah, talk about it first, and then we'll see what Troy has to say about the NBA playoffs. I'm going to let and, and for all the people listening, Troy actually had a dog last night. Go ahead. Mike, go ahead. Well, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I, I know we're, you know, we, we really, I know John had sent me uh, a release for all the, the futures for NBA. That's really, by the end of the show, we wanted to get into that. Um, the top three in the West are not the usual suspects with Denver, Memphis, and and um, Denver, Memphis, and uh, uh, the Kings, sorry. And the bottom half of the teams easily could win the whole thing with the Suns, um, with the Clippers, with the Lakers. So it's a very unique uh, top seven so far. We're going to have the eight seed here after the playing game. I still think um, I'm with Dave Miller on this. Denver has the best odds. They have a very talented team. They've never actually performed that well in the playoffs to get it to the finals yet, but uh, they should have an easier road to get there um, aside from the other teams. So that's that's very exciting in itself. I do like the Denver odds, or they're 11 to one at the moment. And then, and then on the east Eastern Conference side. You have just a mix and match of very good teams at the top that any of them, again, could come out. The Bucks could easily come out. You have the Celtics that are playing extremely well. Um, you know, those two right there are, are very good. And then you have the 76ers that have always struggled in the playoffs. Um, I don't remember them getting to the finals outside of Allen Iverson years. So, you know, they're a dark horse in terms of maybe not um, with odds per se, but for them just to make it to the finals if Embiid could stay healthy. It's it just I, I love this time of the year. It it takes out, you know, the all the bad teams and teams that are basically have been getting blown out all year. Um, and now you have, teams that are actually competing in a seven-game series after the playing game. So it's a long playoffs. I mean, finals are not even until June. I think by the time I get married here, uh, June 10th, we're going to be potentially, you know, game six, game seven of the NBA finals. So um, I'm very excited. But, you know, I do like from an odd standpoint taking Denver to win it all. Um, they have pretty good odds, and, and being that they're a, a top team and still not the top favorite, um, it just shows the the parity in the in the NBA. Yeah. 
What do you got to say, Troy? You know, i i got to stick to uh, I got to stick to my uh, hand, and you know, I'm I'm more like a day trader. So my information is only based on really truly information that I have on the matchups today. Um, so that's that's the difference, you know. Uh, is I could make I'd be a gambler if I told you who I thought would win uh, or even be the final love it, love it, love it. You know, I I I'd be lying, and I'm not good at that. So. I don't have any idea whatsoever. I can tell you today, though, and uh, I can send it to you, and you can send it uh, to all your viewers, but I have no idea who I would even begin to um, have any faith to be in the Final Four or in the in the final uh, playoff game. So I have no idea. I, lo- I love the answer. I love the answer. Yeah. You know, day trading versus long-term investing. You can make that correlation with futures betting versus the daily mishmash of sports betting. And uh, right. like I said, I still think I'm going to get you to come over to the dark side, the dog side. At some point, you've been giving me a few little dogs here and there. So I think you've been yeah. cracking under the, uh, the, the the pressure after 20 years. Listen, and you said it, uh, I think last time we were at Caesars having dinner and some fun is I've always seen your games. It's I'm just kind of an old dog that for whatever reason, I just, uh, I, I haven't seen the light and I should have, it's really kind of silly on my part, but your major league baseball underdogs are phenomenal. And you know what? Uh, like I said to you, I'm going to be a, a subscriber and a client today. And I'm going to be one to you as well because that's extra money that I'm 100% leaving on the table. So I'm just going to listen to you when it comes to the underdogs. My man, I love it. I love it. Nothing better than a, a, a friendly testimonial from another professional better. And I didn't send yeah. him any money. I didn't sell him, cash app him while we're on the air. It was, it was all on him. Not, so the music's probably not, going to start in a minute. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I said, you didn't sell me any money yet, but no, in all honesty, you know, you and, and David and, and the games that you've had for all the years that we've known, um, your underdogs are rock solid. And um, it's something I really need to, I'm getting close to retirement, so I need to start picking up some of those games for sure. My man. Well, like I said, we got another issue issue in in the books we will be back next week thank you troy thank you mike sportsinsiderradio.com thanks guys